of just a four-week series, which Phil started last week, called Honor. Everybody say Honor. Honor. And last week, um, Phil just mentioned and preached into the thought of, there are numbers of things that we must honor, that are imperative if we are to grow as a, as a Christian. And um, I just really want to build upon that, that introductory word last week. What I do want to say is, that, is this, with this kind of word, what we're seeking to do all the time is lay in to the life of you. We're wanting you to grow. Julie mentioned about the growth track, and really growth track, people are saying, well, is it a program? Is it a course? Well, no, what I like to think of it as, of, is actually moving you on to the next step. Every one of us has to keep moving. Well, we don't have to. Well, we can stay where we are, but I believe it's the purposes of God that we should all be moving to the next step. And there are some words that are so helpful in just laying a foundation in our hearts. And this is one word that I really believe has been misunderstood. So what we're going to seek to do is we've talked about what we should honor. Today, hopefully, I'm going to give just a context to what it is and where it starts. And then we're going to, by God's grace, just look at the day-to-day application, how that works out. So next week, we're going to be looking at some of the nitty-gritty and really trying to take something which can seem a little bit complicated or a little bit fancy and try and make it understandable. We will make it understandable for everybody. And then the last time that, that I'll share with regards to this, this, this theme, we'll be talking about how can we then build a culture of honor. The reason I say all of this is because actually I don't think we've been very good in the church in the United Kingdom. I don't believe we've always been good at building a culture of honor. I really believe it's something that we've, we struggle with as a nation. I think it's something that we don't do particularly well. When I travel to America, I'm always impacted by the fact that when you go to, you know, we've been to occasions where we've been in like a stadium and uh, they, they always have, have a, a children's choir that sings the national anthem. You may say, well, that's just a bit fanciful and whatever. I don't think it was. And, and then they ask all those who are part of the military to stand up and they just give them a round of applause. And then they say, right, we're going to sing the national anthem. If you've got your cap on, will you please take it off? And there's just a real sense of honor. It's not sickly. It's not over the top. There's just an honor that happens. And sometimes... I'm not sure that really happens in this country. I think we're quick to pull down people, particularly those who are in government. And, uh, you know, we're quick to make comments about the NHS. And if you've done that this week, then, you know, we've all done it. So I'm not after making comment about anybody. But, you know, the fact is we can make comments about the NHS and we make comments about the education services and the schooling systems and this and that. But the reality is, we are so blessed, guys. We are so blessed to be here. We're so blessed to have access to free uh, medical care, to education for our kids, for a social services that isn't perfect, but really seeks to serve people. We're very grateful. Paul's here as a representative of the police. We're quick to dishonor the police. But the fact is, we have a good police system in many countries. It's completely corrupt. But here it isn't, and there are good people who seek to bring law and order onto our streets. I'm saying all this because creating a culture of honor, and, and we haven't always got it, and we just, and I've done it. I did it this morning, you know, I'll come to, come to it where we, we're quick to, 
make comments and quick to mock. And, and actually, I really believe that God's wanting to say to us here in Arena Church that we need to honor, we need to honor those in authority. We need to honor one another. We need to honor God. We need to honor our leaders. Husbands, we need to honor our wives. Wives need to honor our husbands. Can I hear a big amen? And this is a foundational truth that we need to lay into the life of the church. What I do want to say is this, you see, is because honor is a significant key to unlocking the power of the kingdom. Honor is a significant key to unlocking the power of the kingdom. I've been impacted recently by a number of things. I've been asking questions like, why does God bless and favor a work of God and not another? Why does God use certain people more than others? And I've looked at this, and I've thought to myself, well, is it the fact that these people are more educated than, than, than me, than, than you? Is there, is, there a, is there a void of education? Are they better trained? Do they have a deeper prayer life? Are they more open to taking risks? And as I've looked at some of these models, as I've looked at different individuals, as I've studied, researched for this, I've realized that one of the strands that runs through, one of the key strands that runs through men and women of God who are doing, doing something significant in his name is that they understand they have a healthy biblical perspective of honor. They have a healthy biblical perspective of honor. Now let me say education, training, prayer, risk taking, they're all valuable, but this particular value of honor is often overlooked misunderstood, or worse still, rejected. There are two thoughts that I have around honor, and these are the thoughts. And it's almost like a scale, and there's a pendulum that can go either way. And we've seen it live out its life, live out this within the context of church, and also in the political arena, and we've seen it on a worldwide stage, where there can be a distortion of some people who use honor for their own ends. So it's all about you honoring me. I am good. You are bad. I am better. You are worse. You need to pour into me and it stays with me. And this is the kind of honor that they propagate. I want to say that is not a healthy biblical perspective of honor. Honor comes and we are like a conduit of blessing because with honor comes blessing. And with blessing comes responsibility. And we can either choose to be a conduit for blessing or we can be a hoarder of blessing. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And we at Arena Church, by God's grace and the leaders, want to just, we want to live in the blessing of God, but we never want to be a hoarder of the blessing. We never want to be somebody who just keeps it to ourselves. We want to be a conduit of blessing. But there are those who would, they're on this side, that it's all about them. But then there's another side of the pendulum with regard to honor. And this is the, the, the other side to it, which, and they're both ugly, by the way. They're both ugly, these, these, these kinds of uh, opinions. Because this side is equally as ugly as that. I hate that. I hate that side of things. I want to be clear, you've heard me say this before, 
if you're getting caught up on God channel, I just, this is an aside, it's not meant to be ugly, it's not meant to be dishonoring, but if you're getting caught up on the God channel, I have to keep saying to a couple of people in Ilkeston particularly, that because they've sent some money to a ministry, they now keep getting tapped up for more money, and if you send us this money in, we'll tell you your future, all this kind of stuff, that is all self-seeking. We will never build a ministry like that. God needs money. We need to be generous with our checkbooks and with our bank balances. You can't do much if you haven't got money, but it should never be from the position of, you honor me and this keeps, you know, I keep it to myself. But this other side here is even as ugly as that in that we honor no one. You're not telling me what to do. It's almost a trade union rises up within, within us. And I have to say this, because of where we are positionally, geographically, because we've been strong in the mines and textiles and almost a trade union kind of feel that has been historically running through this kind of areas that can run in the church. I've seen some serious ugly things that'll come to the fourth week. I'll tell one story if I remember, remember it. Just terrible story of how a, a church dishonored a pastor. And, the, and, and it, brought, it brought, I want to say this, it brought a curse upon the church. And we have to be very, very careful. I know this is a strong word. It's a foundational word because we want to get this right. We want to honor. We never want to be working from the position, you're not going to tell me what to do. Who are you to tell me? I'm as good as you. Well, yeah, we're all, you know, one in Christ, but we have to understand that God gives particular gifts to particular people and leadership to particular people and authority to particular people and that is on purpose and that is God's plan and that is God's will for his church and for our lives and so there's this perspective there's this there's this um, balance that is that is running and unfortunately both I have seen in the church but let me give you a true understanding how I see it of honor it's where we appreciate the different gifts and responsibilities that God has given to each of us. It speaks a language of generosity. Where we are quick to say, you are looking good. You smell good. You are doing good. It's not a, it's not a, a, a kind of, you know, we're going to hold back from one another. You know, if somebody's done, done something good, well, I'm not going to tell them because they're going to get a big head. No, we want to have a culture of generosity and encouragement. Can I hear an amen? And it just flows through the life of the church. I want to say that some of you guys are particularly gifted in some areas. We want to just be forever honoring you and praising you for all the good things that God is doing in your lives. Every one of us are special. Every one of us are unique. Every one of us have got something good. In, you know, the gifts that God has given to us. And we want to celebrate them in Jesus' name. So it comes out in encouragement. It comes out in generosity. It always serves. This honor always serves. It forgives quickly. Honor will always forgive quickly. And honor, true honor, puts away cynicism. It isn't a mocker. It doesn't mock. I got caught out again because this, this word has burned in my heart. Continues to burn in my heart. Because I honestly thought that I did well in this area. But the Lord's been challenging me. The Spirit of God has come to me and said, Christian, in this area you need to do better. And I thought I was good at honoring people. I say that genuinely. 
But actually there's more that I can step into. Because in this area, my kind of wit is almost a bit of cynicism and a bit of mocking. And that's how I get a bit of humor. But I've realized that if we're not careful, that can quickly turn to dishonoring those that we are, you know, almost the butt of our jokes. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I have to watch it with some of these young lads here because they can drag out the worst of me. They can also drag out the best in me. But, you know, sometimes there can be things that just, it's not even that blue and crude. It's ne- never like that. It's just, you know, there's a bit of banter. Where's Eleanor? Here she is again. Because I like the banter. I like rolling out the banter. You understand what I mean, right? The banter. And we can have a bit of banter one with another. But what happens is that goes a little bit too far. Now, somebody said to me, because I ministered this word this morning, so how do we know when we're going too far? I said, well, it's a good question. I don't want lockdown so we can't have fun, because Arena Church is all about life and fun. And uh, Can I hear an amen? We wanted to joke. We wanted to, you know, it's a serious message, but I'm wanting you to have a smile on your face, Ron, as I say it. And we just want there to be a lightness here in this place. But you all know sometimes you can just go a little bit too far. And actually, if we, people are walking away from us hurt by what we're saying, then I think we've gone a little bit too far. And that is not a culture, in my mind, of honor. So this is the true understanding that I, that I see of how honor works out. And I will say this, you know, I was really impacted by our trip to America. There's a few of us that went in the summer. The, the previous year that I'd been, I was impacted by other things. But this particular uh, summer, I just could smell it. Apologies for the smell of, of the building here. It just seems a little bit dusty and damp at the moment, whether it's just how it is at the moment. And, you know, there was guys who were just spraying through, and Christine and her team work incredibly hard to try and do the best. But listen, don't get on to them. They're just doing the best to try and sort it out, and we don't know whether there's water in the cellar. Sorry if you're listening to them podcast, and this has no relevance to you at all, but I'm just dealing with a group of people who need to know it. But, you know, they were there spraying the things and and whatever. Why have I, what was I just about to say? Now I've lost, completely lost. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Phil. You are a star. You really are. You know, you can smell things in the natural, but you can also smell things in the atmosphere. When I was at this church of the Highlands, it was massive. It was big. It was a culture of excellence. It was amazing. But I could smell it. Paul was with us. We could just smell it, couldn't we? It was just a culture of honor. You know, it just flowed down. The pastor, just honoring his staff and honoring the guys. He wasn't walking with a swagger, got on the stage you, and with an attitude of, you know nothing, I know everything, I'm good, you're bad, you need to listen to me. It wasn't like that. It was a sweet spirit. And actually then what happened was, from the delegates and from his church, there was just such a love towards the staff. and It was, a, it was amazing. And I want it, guys. Now we have got that in a measure but I want that. I don't want what they've got. I want that. Because I tell you what, what they've got. They've got a kingdom value and a kingdom perspective. That's what they've got. And I want everything that the kingdom has for us. It's not that I want highlands. I want that value of honor. I want it to run through in everything that we do. It'll challenge you in your workplace. It'll be a great challenge in your workplace when you're having to honor people who, frankly, deep down you might want to say, well, they're being a little bit idiotic. We have to honor them. We've got to work our way. You know, some of you are in 
relationships, marriages where there's a partner who's not saved or whatever. But I'll figure those things out. But we need to honor one another, husbands and wives. We honor one another. We honor one another as well. And if I can be bold, which we'll come on to, how do we figure out honoring the leaders without it being sickly? But there needs to be an honor. Then it's, it's the Bible. There needs to be an honoring of the leaders, of the leadership. I didn't intend to say this, but there's, Stephen's going to be here. There needs to be an honoring of Stephen's role and responsibility to, for those who consider Mansfield to be a home. An honoring. Not a dishonoring. This town has dishonored pastors and leaders, and they've done it by the bucket load. It has to change. And how is it going to change? And where is it going to change? It's going to change with us. We have a great kingdom heart and attitude that we say we want to first honor God. We want to honor one another and we want to honor the leaders. We want to honor the leaders. And it doesn't come naturally to us here in this country. In fact, this is what the Bible says. And we have to be careful with this because Isaiah 29 verse 13 says, These people come to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. But their hearts, they're far from me. We have to be very careful that we sit in judgment over somebody else's comments when actually God is driving deep in our hearts because sometimes it can be that our hearts and our words are not aligned. And God is coming, bringing, coming to us at this moment and saying, listen to me, Arena Church, Ilkeston and Mansfield, I'm wanting there to be a culture of honor because it's a kingdom value and it will unlock significant kingdom power But I want your hearts and your words to align. And I do not want your hearts far away from me. But the reason why often our hearts are far away from the Lord is because we have no fear of God. We have no fear of God. We don't honor God because there is no fear of God. I said to a young man this morning who's involved in our worship program, and I was just encouraging him just for a moment, and he, he led us superbly well. The, all, all the guys did led us superbly well in leading worship. But I just said to this young man, I said, you know, what, what, what impresses me about you is that there is a, an understanding of the fear of God. And immediately said, well, you need to understand, before I can even think about coming out in that morning, I was there the night before practicing, just bringing my heart before the Lord. Just needed to know that I'd just got something in my spirit to just release. The fear of God. Now let me help you to understand what this fear of God looks like. Because as soon as I use the word fear, we automatically think, well surely God doesn't want us to fear him. He doesn't want us to fear him like the world would describe fear. He doesn't want us to be in a place where we have our peace robbed. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about where you feel vulnerable. There's a vulnerability because you're frightened of what he's going to do to you. It's not a state of panic. And these are all descriptions that you could assign to the word fear. But the Bible, when it talks about the fear of the Lord, when it talks about a genuine fear of God, it's talking about a reverence. It's talking about an awe. Have you ever been in that moment where you've seen something and you've gone, either you've gone, ah, or you've gone, wow. This is what we talk about. Because we come, I get very uncomfortable when we describe God God is our heavenly father. He is our dad. He is the other. But I get a little bit, I just find it a little bit uh, uncomfortable when people start using terms like, yeah, well, he's my mate. 
you know, him upstairs and his mind. I understand some of that is new people's language and frame of reference, but he is close. And he wants to be close. But again, the other side, he is the almighty God. He is the creator of the heavens of the earth. He is holy. He is awesome. He is powerful. He is majestic. If you don't know what these words mean, just write them down and look at them later or talk to Phil. He'll be able to tell you. Just, just work. The, you know, he is, he is all of those things. And so when we talk about the fear of the Lord, we talk about a reverence and awe. We want this room to be filled with the awe of God. Thank you for the worship tonight. But there's more that God wants to do amongst us. And it doesn't have to be strange. It doesn't have to be weird. But there's an awe. Listen, if you're here for the first time, we don't want you to see me or us or whoever it is. or the world. We want you to see God. Because once you see God, everything will change. Everything changes. You don't need arena. You need God. You don't need religion. You need God. If I can say this, you don't even need the book, the Bible. You need to read the book, the Bible. You'll see God. He is the living word of God. That will all make sense to you as you go on the journey. Because God wants to reveal himself to you. And he wants us to come into a place where we're in life. Wow. Wow. And when we come into that place, we can't help ourselves but honor God. Honor God. It starts with the fear of the Lord. And there needs to be a fear of the Lord that comes in the life of the church. I looked at the early church. There was great fear that came amongst that early church. Great fear that came amongst us. We didn't, they didn't want to allow any kind of, you know, things to get in the way. They were quick to fix issues, fallouts. They were quick to work them through. You know, people telling lies. They were given opportunity to redeem themselves. But the early church, if you didn't, <laughs> we have to be careful what we bring in. Now listen, if you're full of lies and you're full of baggage and you're full of issues, don't think, oh, I'm not coming here again. Blah, blah. No, you're very welcome here. What we're saying is, this is an environment where God begins to work those things through. An awe of God, the fear of the Lord. There's a number of things that I just want to say here. The time's gone and I just may not get to the end. But let me just say this. The book of Proverbs talks about the fear of the Lord. I had a feeling this is where I'd settle. It's interesting when you look at your ministry and just knew what the Lord had, was going to say. I want you to just get these. If you would like, if you'd like to, you can't write them down quick enough, that's fine. If you've not got a pen and pen, but I really would encourage you, you know, to just take these Bible references. We're just going to work through them in the eight minutes that we've got. So it talks about the fear of the Lord, this reverence, this awe of God, this worship. And what I forgot to say is, you see, what you, what you uh, revere you worship. You worship. You honor. And this fear of the Lord will bring, Proverbs 1 verse 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of knowledge and understanding. There have been times when I've gone to meetings or I've been in a complex, pretty complex situation and people can be saying something to me, and internally I'm going, I do not know what to say. I haven't got a clue. And they're looking for me for answers. They're looking to me. I haven't got a clue. But as I'm listening to them, I'm internalizing it, saying, Lord Jesus, 
Because I recognize that He is the source of all knowledge and understanding. Everything that we need is found in Him. Say, God, just a quick SOS. God, you're going to have to just help with this situation because these people are looking for answers. And at that moment, guys, at that moment, more often than not, there's just some wisdom, there's some understanding that I got. I know some of you have have experienced that because I can see your faces. And that comes out of the fear, the honor, the reverence of God. The second thing is that he will add years to your life. Proverbs 10 verse 27. The fear of the Lord adds length to your life. If you want to live long, you want to live full, you want to live well, then we need to honor and revere the Lord. This fear of the Lord is life-giving. It says there, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. I want to say a culture of honor is like, it is like a breath of fresh air. It brings life to the room. There's just an encouragement, a joy, a generosity that's there. It's not sucking from, it's adding to. It's life-giving. It's like a spring of life. This fear of the Lord will keep us from evil. Proverbs 16, verse 6, without uncovering a conversation with who I had it with, but just a conversation I had with a gentleman this morning, just saying to him, listen, this fear of the Lord will keep you from evil. It will keep you from the evil one. Because I know, I know when I look around this room, you're all just wonderfully got it all together. You never get tempted, do you? You never get tempted to get angry or, you know, to, you know, really get stuck into a driver who's just cut you off. I can see you never get tempted to curse. I can see you never get tempted to get angry. I can see all that because there's just, you know, a flow of holiness that's permeating over you. It's just me. I understand that. No, the fear of the Lord keeps us from evil. The Lord's prayer, deliver me. From the evil one. It will keep us from the evil. And the fear of the Lord is a pathway to a full life. Proverbs 19 verse 23. The fear of God is life itself. A full and serene life. This is the kind of life that God is wanting us to build. And if we will, if we will understand as I've tried to do the best way I can to understand what honor is and where it flows from, I want to say God is going to begin to do something in your life and in my life and in our lives that is going to be amazing. Now, let me just tell you, it will not enable you to be free from challenges. I want to just turn your attention for a moment. This is not in my notes, but Mark in chapter 6. Mark in chapter 6, this is what it says. I'm just going to read this account, and Chris won't have it on the screen, so I apologize, Chris. But this is what it says. Jesus left there and went to his hometown. Everybody say hometown. So he just went back to where he, where he came from, where he was raised, where he was born. And he was accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. They were amazed at this Jesus, just amazing. And they said, where did this man get these things? They asked, what, where, what's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? There was remarkable things that was happening. Then they said, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? And the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. We used to see him playing marbles in the street. That isn't in there. That's my version. And, you know, and his sisters used to be skipping. You know, oh, oh whoa. What's all this about? And they took offense 
at him. And Jesus, knowing this, I think he knew it because they were saying it. I don't think they were quieting it. I think they knew it. He knew it. Not, not by revelation. I think he'd heard it. And then in verse 4, it says this. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, amongst his relatives, and in his own home. You see, Jesus understood the principle of honor. And then he goes on to say he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith or their lack of honor. There's a correlation between a kingdom explosion and breakout, signs and wonders, honor, and a dishonoring culture. A dishonoring culture, you'll only get a little. An honoring culture, you'll get much. You'll get much and more. And more. And Jesus understood it. Where does honor flow? Well, let me just finish with this. Honor begins with first honoring others. Most people want to be honored. Most, want to be, most people want to be honored. But listen, it's about first recognizing that we need to honor others. As we honor God, we will then honor others. And Tom, you are right. We will then begin to honor ourselves. But it first of all starts in us honoring God. When we get our perspective upon God. And for some of us here tonight, you don't feel honored. You feel like God's mad with you. You feel like he's cross with you. You feel like you've done too many bad things. But I want to say God honored you by sending his best gift to, a hev- uh, to earth, from heaven to earth, by the name of Jesus. He honored you. He's given you an access point easily and freely. It's very easy and freely to enter the kingdom of God. It simply comes out of a humility that we have done it wrong. God, I've got this wrong. I've not honored you. I've done my own thing, but I'm now coming to you. And God, the Father, presented and provided a way of honoring the earth, even though we have utterly dishonored him. I mean, I find it tragic, the world, the mess that we're creating in this world. I don't know about you, but it's tragic. Phil mentioned it in the early morning prayers. Some of the things that you see, and I've said to you before, my younger two, when we have the news on and they hear it, they go, la, 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 because they just hate. It's just the news. And they want to go on and do other things. I'm like you, Phil. There's been occasions where I've said no, because I wanted to turn it over and I've had to watch it. It's like a wake-up call. And what is going to be the key to unlock him? All that God is wanting to do in this earth can I draw it closer to home in Mansfield? How is God going to bless Arena Church? One of the kingdom values that I'm understanding more and more is an honoring. We have an honoring culture. We honor God. We revere God. We stand in awe of God. We worship God. We recognize we need His presence amongst us. And then we allow the honor to flow to one another. We honor one another. We're not, we don't do put-downs, <laughs> will you be a blessing? I wonder if we bow our heads. I wonder if the guys would just come and join me on the platform. There's loads more that I could have said. You say, well, 
I think we've heard enough. And I think you have too. So I wonder if the guys would just come and join me, the musicians.